Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped merch store. Use the coupon code podcast to get 20% off anything you purchase from store.untapped.com. No, you cannot buy puppies there, but that's a good idea. And while you're thinking of good ideas, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to this podcast. We've got a great show planned for this one. And if you hit that subscribe button now on YouTube or follow, if you're listening to us like a podcast, it's the best way to make sure that you'll know about all of our future episodes every Wednesday. And that's enough of me asking for favors. Let's see what Harrison's got in store for us today. Today is a very special episode of Drinking Socially. We have guests, and they have brought a new badge with them and beer, among other very important things. So shortly, we'll be welcoming on Megan and Kevin Quinn, co-founders of Bale Breaker Brewing Company, and Mike Shannon, who's the program director for Ales for ALS. We're going to be drinking some Bubba's Brew, which is a really important IPA from Bale Breaker, and dive deep into how it's made, talk about the hops, talk about uh, what Ales for LS is all about, the amazing accomplishments they've already achieved, and how you at home can help. Hint, it involves something we're all good at already, drinking beer. Uh, so we are excited to drink this beer with them. It's crazy fresh. They actually canned it the day they sent it to us, which is pretty unbelievable. Wow. And all right, we're going to share their story with you all today. So put your feet up, unless you're driving or flying. Does that matter? Who knows? Pilots, maybe? Probably not. And prepare to go on another badge hunt for some great beers supporting a great cause. Tell them what I mean, John. Yeah, so this badge, Ales for ALS, is a special badge on Untapped. And the beers that you need, it's a beer badge, but it's a special badge. You should all be rolling your eyes at me right now. <laughs> um, so to earn it, all you have to do is check into one of the beers from the list of participating breweries uh, in this in this Ales for ALS sometime right. in August, between the 2nd and the 31st. I think what's special about it, as Harrison was kind of alluding to, is, yeah, you're, you get to drink a beer, but you're also spreading awareness about this you're 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 maybe you're just seeking enlightenment and this is a great way to drink and learn and support a good cause while you do it while you drink your beers that you normally should be drinking one a day anyways but what's the how do we figure out what beers we need to drink to earn this badge harrison yeah yeah so if we jump over to untapped's blog we'll have the complete list there of all the participating breweries you can find the one closest to you there are a ton. I mean, every state's represented pretty much. Um, so should be able to find at least one of them. We found a great one today. So, of course, Bale Breaker is on there. And we're going to get to enjoy uh, Bubba's Brew in a moment with the founders of Ales for LS, of Bale Breaker Brewing. So I'm excited to welcome on Megan and Kevin from Bale Breaker and Mike from Ales for ALS. Let's have some beer. Okay, cool, guys. Well, let's not wait any longer. We have guests chilling out. Their beer is not getting any colder. Ready to open it. I want to welcome Megan, Kevin, and Mike to the show. Guys, welcome to Drinking Socially. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> yes, I know. We're all on the same page. Let's crack this bad boy open. 
Oh man, this is a wait for this all day, really all week or ever since you guys said we got some coming. So cheers, cheers to y'all. Welcome to the show. Cheers to everybody out there. Mm. I'll grab the first one right out of the can, but I may pour some in a glass. Oh, but I'm just so excited to have you here today on Drinking Socially to talk about this beer that most of us are enjoying. Um, we all have a beer, <laughs> uh, Bubba's Brew. It's amazing. Um, the first sip, I mean, you said West Coast IPA, we were talking a minute ago, so I was excited for that. It is just that. But let's give everyone at home kind of the quick breakdown of it. So it's, again, West Coast IPA, 7%, about 55 IBUs. And Megan and Kevin, I'll let you guys kind of tell me a little bit about the beer. I, usually I read it, but why do that today? We have the actual people who made it here. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, Bubba's Brew is a, is a beer we make um, annually uh, to help raise money for ALS TDI research as part of a program called Ales for ALS. Um, this year's version um, is a West Coast IPA. Um, we kind of brewed it in uh or kind of did the hop additions in a way that similar to how we brew our hazy ipas so Ooh. we kind of we kind of uh call it like a clear juicy west coast ipa right. a lot more tropical uh, pineapple mango guava yes. um obviously we we use some um uh some citra in there so there's that good kind of grapefruit mm. kind of the yep. you know, the quintessential West Coast IPA aroma and flavor in there. Yeah. Uh, we dry everything out uh, really dry, so a nice uh, dry beer, and then kept it in the 50 IBU range, which is kind of our go-to between kind of 40 and 55 for our hazies as well. So a little less bitter than a, than a more traditional West Coast IPA and kind of more tropical flavors. Uh, but we do have some, some of the pine and, and grapefruit, which is yeah. kind of, the, the signature of the of the original West Coast IPAs. So, yes. um, yeah, and like you said, 7% alcohol. Yeah, and that's what I, I got the grapefruit kind of rind, like right in the face, which is what <laughs> I was hunting for, uh, again, for any West Coast, as, as you said. But what a cool time to be a brewer where we have this way to like, you can look back at West Coast, but also look at like, right, hazies and be like, cool, let's make a tropical West Coast IPA. And that's like a thing now. Um, so, I mean, as someone who loves IPAs, this is easily the best time ever to be alive. Um, <laughs> so I'm just enjoying it every uh, pint at a time. And this is super fresh, too. You guys canned it the day you sent it to us, which is yeah. unreal. Um, so thank you for that. And, yeah, so, so a couple things about this beer. So we have a lot to talk about, but I want to kind of dive in and nerd out for a little bit. And you already gave us a couple couple hints and nuggets there. So this recipe, it changes every year. Bubba's Brew is, is always Bubba's Brew, but what that is is different year to year. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about maybe the history there uh, with what the beers have been in the past? And of course, we're talking about who Bubba is as well, but let's start with the beer itself. Yeah, the beer. So Ales for LS was started back in uh, 2013, the year, the year we opened our brewery. The first one was actually a rye IPA. Ooh. Um, and then we did a, I can't remember what the blend was, the hot blend that year. So the reason why we change the beer every year is the mm -hmm. hot blend changes every sure. year. Yes. Um, so I, I guess if you if you want to go into that, we can. This year's blend is uh, Citra, Mosaic, 
Um, obviously, two big powerhouses. Talus, which is a which is a newer Ooh. hop. Yeah. Sabro, which is also a newer hop, and then two experimental ones still in um, still just numbers. Uh, HBC three forty four, which we get a lot of um, kind of tropical fruit punch uh, okay. flavors from. And then HBC 630, uh, which is a favorite of ours. Uh, we actually sponsored that hop for a few years to keep it going. And now it's, now it's moving um, kind of into bigger places than that. But right, right. We, we felt based on this year's blend, doing that kind of um, juicy West Coast with more emphasis yeah. on on highlighting kind of the, the tropical elements of the blend um, was was the way to go but yeah we've done a session ipa imperial ipas hazy ipas rye pale ales um everything kind of sticks in that like ipa pale range just sure. because, well one we're a brewery located on a hop farm so that's kind yeah. of our specialty but right. also you know we think that's uh, the best way to showcase the different hop or different hop blends each year sure and let's talk about that for a minute so when you jump on your your website one of the first things that jumps out is the kind of quote find us in the heart of america's hop country and you truly mean that like we were just talking before we went live that if it wasn't 100 plus degrees outside you guys would be sitting in basically a bunch of hops right now which would be so visualize that everybody and if you're at home or if you're driving out listen watching this just assume we're in a big hop farm or hop field <laughs> i'm running through them um having a blast so so let's talk about that. Is it like, well, first of all, that must be amazing, but is it also, is it hard to be like, I'm just going to brew an ESB or an American lager when you look out your window each day and you're like, but why, why would I do that when I'm right here? <laughs> I mean, when we first started Bell Breaker like eight and a half years ago, almost now, we definitely, we were just like solar focused on IPAs and PLLs and we just were yeah. going to nail that. Anything hot um, forward. forward. And now, you know, being, uh, you know. I mean, we're like okay. ancient. In yeah. the craft beer industry, we're eight and a half years old. Right? Um, you know, we've been able to branch out a little bit more. We now have a coffee stout. We've got a, a really nice crisp American uh, pilsner. Oh. Yeah, um, we just made with all American hops. Um, this Friday, mm. we're releasing our first canned kettle sour. So it's been fun to get a branch out a little bit over the last uh, few years as we've, you know, we've solidified ourselves as a, you know, quintessential hop hop forward uh, brewery. But um, it's fun to branch out and do some different stuff too. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, I mean, we always, one of the reasons why we started this was to help showcase hops and, and you know, be be uh, kind of the forefront of showing people that hops just aren't bitter because we were, yeah. you know, that 2011, 2012, 2010 range when we were started our home brewing careers, that was still in the kind of IPA is like the most bitter thing you can get. And yeah. so um, it's cool to show people that, you know, hops can even can play in different styles of beer too, uh, but also just kind of um, get a highlight to the quality of our of our brew team and and uh, my brother in law Megan's brother uh, Kevin also Kevin who started the brewery with us um, and our brew team are just really really great brewers and super creative and we can do you know, we feel like we can make really really good beer uh, no matter yeah. what the style is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I saw uh, Dormancy, your coffee stout. I mean, that's been, that is, uh, people are checking it all over the place. Well, on Untapped, I was looking at it and that looks amazing. Freshly brewed espresso. Holy cowabunga. That's, coffee stouts, I've talked about that on the show before. That's, uh, 
that's a dangerous one for me. It's like Four Loco, but nobody wants it. The old Four Loco. <laughs> nobody says that because that's not cool. But yeah. if, you break, if you break down what's happening chemically, you've got an upper and you got booze sending you wherever it's going to send you. Yeah. Um, maybe in a classier place than where a four loco may take you, hopefully, but um, <laughs> depends what time of day you start. But that's, I love that style of beer. So, I mean, yeah, to your point, I mean, you guys are, I mean, on looking just on Untap, which um, if I'm looking at like high level stuff here, I mean, there's almost 300 different beers you guys have made from, yeah, obviously a lot of IPAs. Winter warmers are in here, different lagers, pale ale. So, yes, the answer to my question, even if you live next to a hop farm, there's more than just hops and beer, obviously, and you guys, just from kind of what I've learned about you over the past couple of weeks, are doing a great job. But yeah, just just having fun with it, being, you know, a great brewery, a well-rounded brewery. But also, there's a hop farm right there. So, I mean, <laughs> if, gonna, if you want a hoppy, amazing beer, it's doing right. Not just bitter things with hops, but showcasing the flavors. This is the spot to go. The heart of America. I live in Washington State, so I get their beer all the time. I would have a Bell Breaker beer in front of me, but I drank all the Clarity Rarity and I drank the Pilsner. <laughs> Sorry. Right. And that's what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to drink them, right? There's no, you don't need to wait for the show. It's not like there's more on the way as well, Mike. So I'm hopeful I'll get to you soon and you can be enjoying some of this year's Bubba Brew as well, because this is. It's killer. I'm a yeah. I started my brewing career in like the early 2000s, actually in New England when like New England IPAs were becoming a thing, and we would like people would try to sting our brows with cameras for what we were doing, and it was like get out of here, you weirdos! Like we're just making beer. Um, but it's, so it's right. It's nice to drink a West Coast IPA from the West Coast. I know, like literally, the hops like is the so the hops in this beer are most of them from that farm right there. So or uh, yeah, they actually, they actually all are. That's part of the program. <laughs> um, so the farm that I just randomly happen to be wearing Loftus Ranch yep. is, um, is the family hop farm, and yeah, Loftus Ranches donates all the hops that go into the blend. So we grew That's all of the hops that are in that beer, which wow. uh, for our brewery is not um, is not different. We Right. All the hops we use in our in our beers, we we grow here on the farm. So that's amazing. And now, obviously, you guys are not alone in Ales for ALS. I mean, a great part of this mission is that so many other breweries have joined up with you and are brewing their own beers to help raise awareness, raise funds, help fight ALS. Uh, and so, are they getting the that same hot blend this year from Loftus Ranches as well? So this is going a lot of them, some of them. Yeah, so um, so my family uh, grows the hops and donates them to Yakima Chief. Uh, hops. Hops. Yep. Well, now Yakima Chief Hops. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. There we go. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so then Yakima Chief Hops um, does the pellet, uh, does the pellet blend sure. and, um, and then takes care of a lot of logistics on ordering and getting the hops out to the brewers. Um, so, That's great. Uh, so, yeah, so they're all, all, the, all the brewers that want to participate, order the hops through Yakima Chief and... Um, the basically the ask is that uh, the brewery gets the hops donated to them free of charge, um, and then the ask is that a do- at least a dollar per pint uh, would be donated back to ALS TDI. So obviously, we're enjoying Bubba's brew today, but this is not just a beer. This really kind of started the like larger ales for ALS campaign. Is that right? Can you guys kind of take me back to the beginning and kind of where this beer sits in the history of where we are today? Um, yeah, definitely. So. Um, my family not only um, has a hop farm, which is pretty cool, 
Um, but part, another part of our history isn't so cool, and that is that uh, my family has the, a genetic form of ALS in our family. So uh, my great my grandfather passed away from ALS uh, in the late 80s, and then he since has had six of his eight siblings all pass from ALS. Wow. Um, so it's something that's really been just a part of our family's history and um, something totally devastating that we've had to deal with um, since I was a little girl. Um, we started putting the wheels in motion for uh, Bail Breaker back in the early, like around 2010 or so. Um, and really, you know, the idea behind connecting our family's hot farm with, you know, the end beard consumer uh, um, drinker. So really excited about that. Um, and right around the time we were planning this, my uncle was diagnosed with ALS, my mom's older brother. And he wow. and my uh, my brothers and I have all been really close. Um, and so that was really sad that, that that was really hard for all of us that, you know, had now made it down to that next generation of our family um, rather than just being, you know, my grandpa. Now it's my uncle. Um, so uh, as we were planning Bail Breaker, I had the idea of just doing a community fundraiser here in Yakima for my uncle. And I had the idea to call it uh, Ales for ALS. And I just kind of threw it out to my parents one day and uh, they loved the idea. But they thought, why would we just stop at a local fundraiser when we have the platform to do something bigger? Um, so my parents actually took that idea and ran with it and came up with the na national, now international, Ales for ALS program, where um, they would, you know, donate the hops to breweries across the country and uh, and be able to raise even more money than we could mm -hmm. just as you know one brewery here in Yakima. Wow. And you said international. So how far, where, where are some like wild places in the world you've heard people reach out and request hops from, or, you know, that are participating in this? Do we have any, some, some highlights? I think Mike. Mike would know the best. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, this year we have a returning brewer from Japan called Yo-Yo Brewing. Okay. Um, a connection in Seattle. That's where their partner company is. Um, I had someone from Sweden reach out to me, and she found it on a brew site. I don't know where. Um, and her and her husband, she's a, she's a nurse in a hospital that works specifically with ALS patients in Sweden. And so they're wow. in a fairly remote city outside of uh, Stockholm, and okay. requested hops. And we're sending her a bunch of hops. Um, <laughs> it's got to go on a weird uh, pallet that's got to go to Belgium or something and then get right. its way there. And then we might get a, 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 a Dutch brewer back in again this year and a German brewer. They're still thinking about it, but with COVID, it's been very difficult for everybody. But those are Germany, uh, the Netherlands, uh, Sweden, England, uh, mm -hmm. Japan. And we tried to get a couple of the Mexican brewers that you guys collaborated with, Bellbreaker collaborated with this last year, but with COVID, it became really difficult. So we're hoping that maybe next year that will happen. That's and then amazing. And then nationwide, Mike, we've got about 200 breweries that participate. Is that correct? On an annual basis, 2019, we had 220 brewers. And then last year with COVID, because of, you know, sure. it wreaked havoc on the whole brewing community, that number went down. And we still had the program, and it did well. This year, we're hoping to get back to that 220 figure. You know, and our goal is, it's always been trying to get one brewer in every state. And we just got New Mexico again. Oh. So we Knocked another state up. So now we have 40 states. So we'll see if we can get the other 10. We do have Alaska and Hawaii. So it's a lot of the southern states for some reason, not as active. But um, we keep working on that month to month. And, and this year it's weird because of COVID. Sure. People were kind of 
getting their brew started late, and they're probably going to get. We're going to have a lot of fall brewers this year as well. So, is the plan always is to kind of brew the beer available in the summer months or whenever they want to do it? How does is there just more free freedom there, or is there a goal to be like they'll at the market in July each year? I think because the the um, the fundraiser was started by brewers. Essentially, we understand that it's hard to try to dictate what a brewer can fit into yeah. their production schedule. So we're usually <laughs> yeah. pretty we're usually pretty fluid with it. The hot blend is usually available, you know, springtime or so each year. The kind of usual ask is summertime, but you know, at the end of the day, it, as long as they get brewed and get promoted and money yeah, is raised, the then yeah. um, you know, we just want to make this a really easy fundraiser for brewers to participate in and one that they're excited to participate in each year. Um, you know, just getting a unique hot blend is something that's super exciting, but just making it, you know, really easy and approachable for uh, to fit into their schedule, I think is something yeah. we've always tried to achieve. Some brewers like to get it in early to get to fill in a production gap. And what we're trying to work on this year is get a brew fest in Florida and then out in San Diego, this brewer in particular is a, said they'd like to have a brew fest in January with a bunch of brewers that are collected around them. So we may see a change of the program to some degree as a result of a year and a half of disruption. So. Sure. Absolutely. And if, if you guys listening at home want to find out where you're, you can't get Bell Breaker, bummer, you're missing out. But as we just said, there are more than 200 breweries doing this. So... You can jump on to a4a.als.net slash participating breweries, and you'll be able to see them all there. You can search by your zip code. So it's really easy to find you know, the closest brewery to you, the beer that's available to you that is supporting the Ales for ALS mission um, right here. So and there are a couple in North Carolina where I'm located, which is great. One actually right down the road. Um, yeah, Rachel Beach Brewery is like five minutes from me, not even fly trap the other direction, about 10 minutes. So I am I'm I'm a lucky guy um, to be able to keep enjoying this hot blend as much as possible. Now that I've had it, I'm like the beer nerd in me is like freaking out about this. And then the human in me as well is very excited. So <laughs> lots of excitement happening. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this. Obviously, um, so it's been how many years now? What year will this be that uh, since Ales for ALS began? Started in 2013. Okay, got it. Eight. So, eight. eight years. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, now, if, okay, so if, if obviously, so if breweries are listening right now or our listeners want to go tell their favorite local brewery, hey, get with it, join this program, is there an easy way to do that? The easiest way to do it is to go to that website you mentioned, a4a.als.net. There is a contact tab in there that you can send an email. The email is very simple, ales4als at ales.net. There you go. Send an email and say, "I well, we get this a lot. I mean, there's actually some communities that recruit tons of brewers for us. There's a guy in Kansas Great. City, yeah. Scott Smith, that just got diagnosed with ALS not too mm -hmm. long ago. His brother recruited five great Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas brewers. Wow. And uh, just get a hold of me. I'm the one that answers those emails. <laughs> we'll get you signed up and get you hops no matter where you're at. And if you are uh, a brewer who hears this and you want that, do the same. Uh, maybe we'll get you a brewer from other areas. I don't know if I can promise that, but I would <laughs> try. Michael, do what he can. We'll trade you. 
Trajan Joe. There we go. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you mentioned festivals. Obviously, you know, that's kind of still, in some regards, a, a thing that's up in the air for a lot of breweries, a lot of people. But let's kind of talk about that, kind of the, the now and the future of Ales for ALS, kind of what that looks like moving beyond these amazing beers everybody's making. There, You guys have a lot of stuff in the works. I mean, this is pretty amazing. You've already done so much and raised so much money, but it's really eight years on. It's kind of feels like it's maybe entered a new chapter. It's getting bigger than ever. Is that fair to say? Well, the limiting factor has always been like, I mean, if you max out the number of brewers, you get rid of all the hops. Right. Up. And so, I mean, Megan and Kevin and Kevin and the whole family, they threw, in my opinion, the best beer festival in Yakima because how do you draw all these people to come? Well, they have just such a tight knit community that it's just, yeah. and they raise an incredible amount of money every year. And of course, with COVID, they weren't able to do it. We did the virtual last year. This year is going to be a, a different kind of situation. And uh, we did that virtual last year. But we had the conceived of it the previous year to model the Bailbreaker event in other areas and try to bring Australis brewers together. And as Megan stated, it's hard for to tell brewers and dictate what your schedule will be. And it's hard to get people collected together. But another example is Faction Brewing in the Bay Area. They were able to go in 2014 and put an event together for about six years straight. And they weren't able to do it during COVID as well, but they collected brewers and all those brewers did bring an Ales for Ales beer there. So between those two examples, we just tried to spread the idea to other locations. And we fortunately had connections in Clearwater, Florida with Big Storm Brewing Company and all the Tampa Bay area brewers like Coppertail and Cigar City, nice. Raleigh, North Carolina, Whit Baker, and yes. uh, Bond Brothers, uh, Boston, Mighty Squirrel, Boston Beer, Lamplighter. So those three are the strongholds with uh, Bellbreaker and Yakima and then with um, Alameda with Faction Brewing Company. And now San Diego, even though, you know, everybody knows they have one of the largest per capita number of brewers, but yeah, um, we now have a better connectivity there. They're like, hey, we'd love to do one. And that's, that's kind of led us to a point where it's like, how many can we possibly do – without blowing ourselves up, you know, and right. and, and not and diluting the value of what we do. And so that's kind of where we're at. The hope is, you know, this year will be three or four. Megan, Kevin, what you guys are doing this year is a little different. Yeah, we normally do our big uh, event at the end of June. Um, and mm -hmm. so with all the uncertainty this year, we weren't able to plan for it. Um, but we did, we did, rather than doing just one time event, we did like the month of July was our Ales for ALS month where we did little, uh, little things each Friday. And then the big release of Bubba's Brew came in the middle of July. Um, so I think we'll still be able to, we'll probably have raised about an equivalent amount of money by doing it kind of a month long thing rather than a day of thing. Um, but it's certainly not as fun as right. just the one day party. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Hopefully we'll be back to the one day party next year. Um, and then we're also opening a tap room in Ballard, uh, the Ballard Brewing District of Seattle right now. And um, we're hoping to do maybe a similar event, do, you know, an Ales for Ales party here in Yakima, maybe simultaneously or another weekend, do one at our new location in Ballard as well. So, Wow. This is great. Yeah, we're it's doing amazing to see growing. Yeah. We have, we have like eight or nine brewers in Spokane that I've been able to get a hold of. I live in Spokane, Washington, and we're going to probably do something at a at one of the the breweries and we'll have a release party kind of thing um tap room takeover 
that will raise a decent amount of money. But those are the kinds of things that brewers are doing this year to get themselves over to next year. Right. Hopefully we can have the bigger in-person events and, you know, really have six strong breweries that could collectively raise, you know, maybe $250,000. Wow. Wow. And, and untapped, everyone listening at home, I mean, you probably saw this on our blog. We do have an Ales for Ales badge right now that you can earn it's by checking in a beer from any of the participating breweries that you can find on the website we spoke about. But also, it's also on our blog. The entire list is on untapped.com slash blog, too, um, for the month of August. So you're helping out a great cause, you're a great beer, and you're getting another badge to brag about to your friends that are on Untapped. It's pretty much a win-win-win for Untapped users, which is is also really exciting. Um, not that you need another reason to go out there and support this, but you do get a badge for it too, which uh, which is uh, something that um, you know, someone has used Untapped for uh, long, too long, probably. Um, still, I get excited about it. It's like trading cards for adults or something. I don't know. I'm trying not to explain it. I just laugh and go, ah, and I work I work on Untapped. And I still get surprised some of the things that show up on my phone. So that they might be paying attention to bigger meetings more, but that's a personal problem. Um, so <laughs> anything else that you guys want everyone at home to know about what Bailbreaker is doing, about what's going on kind of for ALS for ALS now and in the future, what else should we tell everybody? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is for, for ALS for ALS, we're you know committed to growing the program and raising as much money as we can for ALS TDI and, and find a cure for this. And then, I mean, the long-term plan of this is hopefully that you know before the next before the next generation our our generation of folks you know we can have figured out a cure for it and then we don't have to keep raising money for ALS TDI research we can uh you know we can we can just have a party every year to celebrate I was gonna say yeah we can all look forward to the last ales for ALS beer festival that will be <laughs> yeah. really really something and i'll be a part of getting there yeah uh, cool. ALS TDI, our goal is to go out of business too there you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and just a note to everybody that's watching and listening uh if you do have an ALS story it's we want to make this a low affinity kind of thing where anybody can come to the party and then realize what this is all about and in fact you know there's so much connectivity you know the guy on the can her uncle, he married me and my wife. So it's a great community. And if you have a story to tell yourself, yes. tell that story to us and we'll get involved. There's a guy in South Carolina whose mom has ALS. He's a home brewer and he has a little brewery. He's just recruited a couple more breweries to get involved and they want to do something even larger. So it's not only the low affinity, but the high affinity folks because they want to see that solution as well. And they want to see us go out of business and Bellbreaker just have a party and give away free beer. So. Yeah, how about it? And I can hold you to that, the free part. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. That's a programming detail. That's something we'll that's the future. The Washington the control board's listening. We, uh, oh, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll have that edited out. and just send an invoice. Send an invoice. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Megan, Kevin, Mike, I want to thank you guys so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, this was amazing to hear what you're doing. You guys have already raised, it's now it's more than $3.4 million, $5 million, right? It's just in, in more oh every day. Wow. Yeah. So that's amazing and amazing that beer fans out there can help by doing what we do best, drinking beer, supporting the brewers you love. I mean, that's that 
that that's amazing too. Um, that it's it's you know it's something we can all do and and all are pretty good at already um, drinking beer. So. Cheers to you all today. Cheers to Bubba. I mean, this this beer was amazing. Yeah, and thanks. thank you guys again for everything you're doing. It's uh, it's it's just it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for bringing us on and, yeah. and highlighting this. That that really helps too. So you know, bringing up the awareness of of ALS is is very helpful to the cause too. So thanks for having us on. Oh yeah, it was it really was my pleasure today. From as I said before, yeah, yeah, as a human and then as a hophead. I'm very, very, I feel very fulfilled and happy this <laughs> evening. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. I feel a couple more Bubba's brews that I'm going to get into yeah. after this. I'm looking forward to the evening and the sunset. But thank you guys again so much for everything, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks again. Thanks to Osner for their support for this program. You guys have been great. We will. Yes, yeah. of course. And I hope we'll see you guys out there at the beer festivals. It'll be awesome. Cool. All right. Cheers. All right. Have thanks. a good one, guys. All right, great stuff. That was so much fun, so cool. I got to nerd out a little bit about the hops. I feel like I've learned a ton. I feel like, you know, making a difference, drinking a beer sounds unreal, but it's what we're doing. Um, and three plus million, three and a half million dollars going right to the research. I mean, it's 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 unreal. So if you haven't done this yet, jump on untap.com slash blog. Look at all the participating breweries. Also, you can jump on to the Ales or ALS website. That's a4a.als.net. Learn more there. Um, but this is awesome. I'm going to go find John. He's around here somewhere. We've got one more thing to do today, um, and then we'll we'll jump out of here. Great stuff. What do you think, John? Do we have time for a best year of the week? When you drink as often as we do, I think it's easy. We should always have time for a best beer of the week. And the first one, I think, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, we're scientists at heart. Um, <laughs> we all are. The first beer I think of, and I'm excited to to share it. I was up close to Narragansett in Rhode Island Ooh. recently, and I was able to get a hold of Fresh Catch from Narragansett. Nice. And this was my best beer of the week, mainly because I've drank a lot of lager from Gansett, made on honor, sold on merit many times yeah. at, at a grocery store on the East Coast. But this was... Their fresh catch was a Blondale double dry hopped, I think, or at least single yeah. dry hop with Citra. And it was like super tropical, but bitter up front. And it made me feel like a local, like not just drinking a Gansett lager, but having right. one of their B-sides. Uh, right. So that was awesome. Great beer for, for my recollection. Harrison, what about you? Yeah, so similar um, region, my best beer of the week neighboring Rhode Island comes from Connecticut, from hand to Connecticut, counterweight brewing. I had their headway IPA, which is kind of like, it's one of their core IPAs. They have it, they brew it all the time saying they have it all the time is tough because it's so in demand. It's one of those beers where a lot of times you'll walk into your local craft beer shop and you'll see the tag on the shelf and the price and it's just an empty cut out there because it's all gone already but i was lucky i walked in i think actually i walked in as the place was closing and they were stocking for the next day and i was like ah i caught you i caught you restocking headway so i grabbed a four pack of that again it's their core beer but it's still kind of connecticut's weird there's a lot of beers that are the brewery's core beer that's really hard to get but um this is kind of one of them headway ipa and it's delicious it was a hazy ipa but also nicely bitter lots of tropical stuff going on as well and i just i you know drank as much of it as i could i found it one other time while i was up there too went through a couple four packs so really fortunate to uh 
to enjoy that. And as a quick little Easter egg preview, the head brewer of Counterweight used to be the brewer at New England Brewing Company, also in Connecticut. And we're going to have one of their beers next episode. So a lot of a lot of the Northeast coming down to the Southeast and we're making it happen. Um uh, for a little bit under socially, but that was easily my best year of the week. It was delicious. This has been excellent. You, thanks, Harrison, did most of the work for me. Um, but uh, great episode. Thank you to Megan, Kevin, and Mike for all the great beer you're making and for the hard and important work you're doing to help end ALS for good. Make sure you follow Bailbreaker online at Bailbreaker on Instagram or Twitter. You can also follow ales for ALS on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and make sure you follow me and Harrison. I'm drinking yeah. with John. That's Harry Beerbeard. You can find us on social or you can see everything we've ever done at podcasts.untap.com. Indeed. And another reminder, check it as a Bailbreaker beer is right now and grab some badges or if you can't get some of Bailbreaker's beer. Again, look at the Untapped blog. For ALS or ALS, see all the participating breweries there and grab one close to you before the end of August to get that badge. But really, all the time, I mean, every every pint helps um, when it comes to beating ALS for good. And you guys are a part of it. And it's pretty amazing, as we heard today, how much work has already been done just for drinking beer. And next week, as I mentioned, we're traveling to New England, but no lobster rolls or clam chowder. We're going to have the legendary... G-Bot from Northern Brewing Co. So I'm excited for that. Me too. Um, mm. G-Bot a sordid story. Until then. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>